It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trek stick. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trek's composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter, or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. We're going to talk some cricket because on Thursday, ODI Cricket resumes here on SENZ. We've got live ball-by-ball coverage of that ODI game, Black Caps versus the West Indies. The Black Caps bouncing off a, a nice series win. So before then, why don't we get in with a bit of Glenn Phillips? SENZ. The Black Caps have put on an important feather in their cap on the road to the T20 World Cup with a 2-1 series win over the West Indies away from home. Maybe more importantly, though, for the first time in a long time, the white ball side got to play with their strongest outfit for the full series. Part of that group is Glenn Phillips. He was named man of the series, and it's not hard to see why. Scoring 350s in his last seven T20 innings, most recently on Saturday when he made 76 of 41 balls. Glenn is with us this morning. G'day, GP, mate. Uh, Caribbean, it's your happy hunting ground, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, I absolutely love being out here. It's really nice to tour with the boys for once as well. So it's a new experience to be around with the Black Caps squad out here, but it's uh, brilliant nonetheless. Matt, is, is it obviously you enjoy playing there because you've, you've spent a bit of time with, with the Caribbean uh, Premier League. So what is it about the Caribbean that you really enjoy? Does it come off the bat, uh, you know, a lot better and are you able to get your eye on it? Do you, does the pitches suit you? I feel like the pitches definitely suit me. Um, over the years, um, I think I've had to adapt my game a little bit to, to try and perform as overseas pro here. So I guess having some success and that sort of thing over the years gives you a little bit of confidence coming into a series like this. But then also just trying to stick to my process and keeping it as simple as possible is, is pretty much key to it all. So, Glenn, the, look, you mentioned that you haven't necessarily toured with the Black Caps a hell of a lot over here, and it's been a while between drinks for New Zealand cricket in the Caribbean. What do you think the, the whole T20 squad got out of that series? Obviously, uh, great to get the win, but building towards the T20 World Cup, have you done a bit of a re- review and reflected? Um, we haven't reflected too much just yet because obviously we're jumping into the one-day series at the moment. Um, so we'll probably have a bit more of an in-depth reflection at the end of the the whole um, tour but I think from a basic point of view um, all of our guys really had had some good time out in the middle um, we got to play in different conditions obviously and then leading into the World Cup I feel like 
Um, the way the spin will play in Aussie might be very similar, um, or the way that the ball will hold with the new ball um, it might be similar as well. So um, I think we definitely took some good learnings out of it going into this World Cup. Mate, against the West Indies, obviously you started the series with a with two-nil lead. You're heading into the last game. You probably fell short by 40 runs. Was that a, a case for concerns, or are you, you know, pretty reasonable throughout the whole series turned out? Um, I don't necessarily think it was probably about 40 runs. I think 160 probably would have been a little bit of a tough total to chase, um, just with with the way the new ball was reacting and the spinners and obviously having Lockie and Timmy there as well was um, it would make a tough chase if it would have been 160. We just didn't manage to put the icing on the cake, which we normally do. So it's definitely not something that we overthink. Um, you know, T20 cricket is, is so changing and so fast that one day you can have a little bit of a rough one and the next day you can go out there and score 240, you know. So um, it's not really one that we're overthinking too much. When when you look at this, uh, well, look from our perspective, when you look at this Black Caps lineup that we get to see and on this tour in particular, it, the balance looks really good. Like it looks like any kind of All Star T um, Twenty side you'd put together. How does it feel, especially being in the middle order? I'm sure you kind of get quite a good feel of it with the guys ab- above you and then knowing what firepower you have underneath you. So how do you explain that balance? Um, I think um, being able to add um, Michael Bracewell to the, to the mix to come in at seven has definitely helped, um, especially from a from a firepower perspective. Um, you know, obviously the way that we went about our World Cup with Daryl opening and um, and Devon at four, it just meant that me and Nish and, and Sadler were our only death hitters. And if we bring uh, Michael Bracewell into the mix as well, it just extends that lineup a little bit. And um, with Devon up front, it, it adds a lot of um, clarity. Um, both of him and Kane working together, and, and we have the option to, to float guys depending on the lineup of the opposition that we're facing. So um, we've all got experience in different positions, and, and we're more than happy to float and do whatever the team needs at any given point in time. And I think that's what makes the combination just work so well. Mate, before I touch on uh, your your scoring run, extravaganza, mate, seven hundred and forty six runs since twenty twenty with an average of thirty nine. You are flying in the middle order leading the way in all T20 teams. Did you know that stat? No, I didn't know that at all. <laughs> Mate, you're the leading run scorer in the middle order from four to seven, and uh, you're doing a fantastic job, mate. But just on Kane Williamson, obviously been away with a few niggles and a few injuries, but he's back in the environment, mate. What, what has he added? Is has, has, has the boys enjoying having him back? Yeah, obviously he's an incredible leader, and the boys have um, been around him for so long. We all know how he works, and um, his communication skills with the team are, are absolutely brilliant. And obviously, the way he brings a lot of calmness with the bat to be able to play those, um, I guess, more tricky situations, as well as um, being able to to innovate and show some power at the end, like the way he did in the World Cup final. You know, he, he adds a, a massive element of confidence to the guys knowing that he's in there, and especially for someone like myself or, or Daryl coming in behind him, it, it's really nice to. You know, have Kane in front doing his thing and, and allowing us to do our job as best we can afterwards too. Mate, there was a video on social media of him doing a reverse sweep and pretty much being a showboat, you know, just showing his class out there. Can he bat like that? Are we going to see a reverse sweep from Kane Williams every now and then? Or is he just going to be seen? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we will. He, he's very innovative and, and uh, tries to move the field around to his heart's content and he's just got that much skill and that much experience that um, 
and, and the confidence to do it as well. So hopefully we see one sooner or later. Yeah, that's good. Just not in, not in Test match cricket, eh? Oh, actually, I, I don't care. Joe Root seems to love it these days as well. So I don't know what's happening to your um, beautiful game. Don't bring out the English, Louis. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. That's an offline chat. Hey, um, GP fielding. Look, I know it's a huge. It's been a huge weapon of your game for a long time, but. Are you still seeing um, the benefits of having gun fielders and T20 sides every single season? Because the game's obviously going to a new level every year. Is that something that's a real focus for the Black Caps at the moment? Yeah, I think it's been a focus for us um, for years, actually, trying to be the best fielding unit um, in any given competition at any time. So um, it's, it's very much about a presence and a team-first mentality because it's the one place on the field that everyone can give no matter what, regardless of whether your number one skill has succeeded or failed. So, um, And with the fielders that we've got on our side, we, we can put teams under pressure massively just through um, our tight fielding. And we've got a lot of pace around as well, so that helps, especially from the boundary side of things in T20s, trying to restrict twos. But um, and, and our catching as well is, is pretty up there. So um, it's... And it also gives the bowlers a lot of confidence knowing that if balls are getting hit out, the fielders are going to do the job for them. Yeah, well, there's nothing worse than a Tim Southey death there, so that's a good thing that you guys are t- <laughs> taking your catches. Just on this ODI yeah. series, you, you're bowling, so there's three ODIs in, what, it's like five days, I think. So um, bit of a yeah. bit of a war of attrition. How's kind of everybody's rigs feeling? Are, are the lads kind of buoyant? Are you ready to rip in? And you think that this should be, be able to make a real good fist of this ODI series? Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good ODI series. Um, obviously, being in Barbados, the boys' spirits are nice and high, you know, being in a really lovely place. Um, and then I think we've been resting guys um, on and off to, to be able to cope with the um, rigors of how much cricket that we've been playing. So I think everyone's, uh, everyone's bodies are in good shape. I'm feeling good. Everybody else is feeling good. So hopefully that stays for the next three games and we all come home in Drew Free. All right, Glenn, we're going to let you go. But before we let you go, mate, where's the bench press at? <laughs> you don't want me to answer that one. <laughs> oh, flex, flex it! Come on. The last time I tested was in India, and that was one forty-five. Ooh, big boy! My record's one fifty. Come see me, brother. Oh, <laughs> 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 good mate. All hey, right. appreciate it, Glenn Phillips. You're, you've played outstanding, mate. Cheers, Keep up man. the great form and and go well for the next three ODIs. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Cheers. S-E-N-Z Big boy, is he? <laughs> I was only having a laugh, mate. You know, just try and have last laugh back in the day. But 150. 150's my good, best year. Good lift. Good lift. That's but I was all chest, like no legs, nothing. That's all I could do. Horrible in the gym. But I used to, yeah. When I, when you, when, you know, when I had a lot of leg injuries, calves, you just do hot upper body weights, go hundy. That's my best. Um... Oh, you just beach weights, mate. Get the old 20s out and just do some curls. <laughs> <laughs> just beach weights. Un- unrelatable. Unrelatable, mate. Nah, nah, nah. He's, he's strong. I heard that from um, actually Baz just talking about him, the work he does, press-up. Remember he's doing 800 press-ups yeah, in his man. hotel every day when he was in India? He's a rig. Absolute rig. He's a he's so good in the field. Um, 
And I, that's why I asked that question. And, he, and he's right. They've always, the Black Caps have really had a massive onus on fielding over the last few while, Kempe. But in particular, the margins are becoming so small in 2020 cricket. So small. And like the batsmen are getting better at running between the wickets. So everything's evolving together. And the, out, the, the work in the outfield is now as critical mm. as pretty much bowling or batting, is he? Well, you just look at the yesterday. They were probably, like he spoke about, 20, 20 runs short. I thought it'd be you know around forty. They were averaging about one hundred and eighty for the first two OD, um, T20s. So I thought you know, but that just shows like every run counts. Is every run is important? And you know when Baz is on here, you get a real inkling of where the team's at by chasing it down to the boundary. And if it goes for four, that's okay. But as long as you chase hard, and you're there right, you've got to salvage each run because. You, Players in this day and age, with the technology, the bats are available. You know, they can chip it for six. So this, the run scoring is a lot easier than it used to be, so you've just got to work extremely hard in the field to, to salvage all those runs. So, yeah, heading to T20 in October, the stars are aligning, and i am yeah, got a quite little confidence about the squad that they've got at the moment and what we're seeing. It looks really, really good. So mm. ODI Cricket here on ECNZ Thursday morning. We'll still be having our podcast channel lit up with good content throughout the morning so you don't have to miss out on other sport. Kempi, there's a text here from Jared for you around Kalen Ponga. He's essentially saying mm. um, we all know that there's an undercurrent of recreational drug use in the NRL. Look, we, we remember the Brandon yep. Smith and Cameron Munster incident. He can't no way to prove what that white substance was. Um, he's saying, "Give me a break. This, there's no way Kurt Mann was rubbing his back and holding his hair while he vomited." What do you think about no. what do you think about this whole situation, Kempi? Not a great look as a Newcastle old boy. Well, not a great look too because he's a skipper and he's sitting on the sidelines with concussion. Um, and I don't. Yeah, look, I I totally agree with the the text of the that. You know, you, you can't candy coat that sort of stuff. You've got to come out and front foot it and deal mm. with it um, and get it out in the open so that, you know, we can move forward. But uh, I listened I listened to the comments last night that were made, I think, by his dad saying that, you know, he had just purchased a house, probably another multi-million dollar home on his salary. Um, and he was celebrating and had a fair, fair too much to drink and Kurt was in there rubbing, him, rubbing his back. Um, please. OK, that's... <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm like just like Smithy says, I'm just having a look as there's some pigs flying out the back. <laughs> no, I can't see any. <laughs> you can understand why the father's done that, though. He's trying to protect his son and, and do it. Oh, so, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah fair but it, yeah. it's just come along, it's just come off weird because everyone in there, right frame of mind, knows what was happening. Like, Caitlin walked down that video, and, and the, the, the first thing I want to get, you know, I want to say is like, the camera's out there now. Like, you just can't even go. For a poo without someone videoing you, like that's the current situation we live in, mate. He's gone in there, and someone's just seen it for like twenty seconds. I've got the camera out, recorded the whole entire thing, and just pretty much probably mm. ruined or put a dampener on his career. Like, what would this do for his career, Kalen Ponga? If it eventuates, look, they haven't got any circumstantial evidence of him actually doing it. Mm. I don't know if he got searched afterwards or anything like that. But there's, it's just here, he says, she says kind of situation at the moment. But what would this do for his career, um, Kempi, and this, his kind of brand? Kalen Ponga is probably the biggest face in the NRL. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know whether they, they did it, you know, because you, you test it all the time, so whether they did a test on him, they went for that to come back. It's a sackable um, offence, you know, like it's something really serious as far as he concerns to make a decision like that and throw 
his career on the line, especially his, his wealth. I, I think he picks up you know a contract anyway because yep. of the calibre of player he is. But it's just sending all the wrong messages out. I'm, for me, I sort of look past the the indiscretion and look at the work being done around it to make sure that it doesn't happen again and, and to stop it from happening. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what it really portrays is the lack of um, ongoing education in so many different fields that ne- it needs to happen if I'm thinking weekly mm. everyone has to sit down at the beginning of the week and they need a refresh you know what I mean like we sit down all the time we're planning our show um, you know we're making sure that we're going to put a good show on and we do that daily um, you know and I think the same thing needs to happen with a player this see I, I, I reckon Izzy if you're signing a million dollar deal yeah why wouldn't you put 2% away for this type of um, mentorship mm-hmm. where a person came in, a skills mental coach, and he just kept tipping away on you and said, like, hey, this is where you're headed, this is what you need to think about, blah, blah, blah. So you don't make those those decisions. You know, we don't know with what, what actually went on in, in there. But, um, yeah, it just sends a really bad message across the sport. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that the NRL, like, it ain't going to be the last one, but mm. the NRL really need to look at their educational process. They do, Kempi. They do indeed. Right now, I guess when you're a host of a show, you can always go back to the NPC. The Bunnings NPC, and well, there's only one team on my radar. There's something about a magpie, and they still have the shield, baby. Gee whiz. It got touch and go for the second there against the Steelers in the weekend, but let's be honest, it was never in doubt especially when the young gun Caleb Markinair came on. The boys are straight back into action tomorrow night against Otago, and Caleb is with us now. Morning, bud. Morning, bud. Hey, thanks for tuning in and joining us on our show, mate. Um, quickly, a bit close for comfort, mate. Like, sitting there half-time, up by 20-odd. I'm thinking, oh, this is home and hose. Next minute, only win by two, mate. So what's been the main focus this week? Um, yeah, I think, like you said, the boys got a bit comfortable um, after the break and we kind of went away from what we did in the first half that last game, um, stopped playing footy and that's not really what what our game's about. So um, for this week, it's just about, you know, keeping that pressure on the whole time and if we're on top, just staying on top and trying to play not the whole time and not go into our showers and try to shut out a game. Yeah. Yeah, well done, Caleb. Hey, um... Where are your boys all at, you know, heading into the spirit busy period with two games this week? You, you're all feeling okay? Bodies are all good? Yep, yep. No, I think all the boys are, all the boys have obviously been recovering hard. We've got a, a deep squad this year, so um, we're reaching into that for the next couple of games. A, a few boys will get a chance to have a run, and I think everyone's just really excited. Um, new boys, chance to get a run, and then us other boys as well. Um, go down and play a bit of footy in Dunedin this week and then the Turbo's on Sunday so everyone's feeling pretty good, everyone's in a, in a good headspace for this for the storm week. Mate, you, you, you've started you know down south and you've made your way back home to the Hawks Bay. I've been in and around it and I've experienced it a wee bit but for I get a sense there's just a real tight-knit group, uh, real tight bond between all the players, the coaches and the region. Like, What is it about this, this Hawke's Bay environment that makes it a special one that it is at the moment? Yeah, like you said, I've, I've been in a few environments, um, been down south and whatnot, but I think 
um, this is definitely the best environment I've been a part of and um, what makes it special is just everyone can be themselves. Um, the coaching staff, everyone from SNC all the way to um, the last player training with us, um, everyone can just is, is really given that freedom to be themselves, express themselves. Um, the coaches drive a really good group like that and so I think that just um, shows on the field. Like the boys really want to go out there and do it for each other and and no one's holding back. So I think that's the main thing that makes the culture so special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, when you when you're all happy and you want to get out there and just enjoy it, and you you're back and your your coach and your coach is back and you. How's he going, Josh Symes, the big dog in the big chair? No, well, I've had Simsy um, since I moved up here and get get along with Simsy really well. I think he's he's just stepped into that role seamlessly. Um, he knows what. Like I said, what the culture's been about the last three or four years, and he's just sort of driving the boys that same way. Obviously, a bit of a bigger role managing the entire team, but he's going awesome so far. Speaking of roles, mate, your role, you're chopping and changing with um, Lincoln McClutchy, mate. You're playing a bit of 10. You've played a lot of time at fullback, mate. Have you enjoyed the transition from the back to, to playmaker, to big dog? Yeah, bro. Yeah, no, I've been loving it, obviously. Lincoln's such a talented guy. Um, he's been going unreal the last couple of years and just been enjoying competing with him and um, sharing that role around 10. We both love love a bit of running footy, so yeah. I love playing with Lynx and I also love um, when I do have to step into that 10 role. Hey, mate, just quick, how, how difficult is it as a 10 when you've got Ford Pack that just loves rolling up their sleeves, kicking to the corner and being hungus, <laughs> trying to get the role in more tries? Oh, it's awesome. Sometimes, bro, you just sit back and, uh, yeah, like you said, put it in the corner for them and watch them go to work. But it is also, um, yeah, they, they allow us to play on top and play at speed, so it's pretty fun being behind a pack like that. Yeah, nice, mate. Oh, we're going to let you go shortly. Uh, just quickly, you played over the MLR with the Utah Warriors, mate. How was that experience? Sure did. Um, no, I loved it, to be fair. Got, got a lot of minutes, 16 games over there. Um, pretty similar length to a, a super team. So I really enjoyed my time over in the MLR. It's a growing comp. It's only been around for five years. So um, I think, yeah, it's a def- definitely a space to watch, good space for boys to go, sort of go away, get minutes, and then you can come back to Mitre 10 and jump straight in. All right, mate. We appreciate you coming on, Caleb, and uh, sharing some insights to this week uh, and going forward, mate. Keep it up. I'm backing you all the way, and I've got a wee competition here with Kempi. He went Tasman for his first pick. I went Hawks Bay because, you know, close to the heart. <laughs> follow the heart, brother. So I appreciate your time, man, yeah. and uh, all the best. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me. See you, boys. There is Caleb Markney. Honestly, big talent. He's played a lot at fullback, mm. but he's moved into that 10, uh, 10 role. And obviously when Lincoln McClutchy went down, he had to take over and – Mate, he's a good quality kid. Young. Takes the line, young. 25. Mm. Feels like he's been around for a long time. He's like well-travelled already, playing a bit of MLR as well. So uh, he's he's spread the wings far and wide. Kempe, there's some great messages here. Gee, you can't talk about rugby union at the moment without lighting the Temper Bear Post text machine up on double eight double three. Feared by rivals, respected by icons, and offered a lifetime of service to the sport of the great game rugby league. Now Mark Graham is going to be featured in a big screen on the big screen in a film called Shark Hope, which is feature-length participatory documentary drama about his life, his professional life via the perspective of his filmmaker son, who's sitting in the studio with us now, Luke Graham. 
Morena Luke, how are you, mate? You've got all the cameras along. You're looking good. How's it all going, brother? Thank you very much for having me. I uh, know it's great. And, yeah, thank you for, uh, for getting the message out there, the, uh, the documentary. Hey, mate, look, when I got the, uh, the message yesterday that you're in town and this, uh, I've been following you on, on Facebook and, and Instagram and, and watching what you've been doing, it must be, mate, it must be, I guess, a work of, of life just following your dad, the legend uh, who was Sharko, around and, and putting this all together. Oh, well, I have to say, honestly, it's a bit trippy. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, um, I didn't know it would be my next project. Uh, uh, dad and I... I've obviously, uh, you know, it's been part of the rugby league world my whole life, and um, the project uh, previously uh, broke was a uh, was a indie drama, but it, it dealt with the uh, rugby league and you know some of the uh, lesser issues with rugby league. So um, uh, this one here, when I started chatting to Dad about it, um, that I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be honest, and I had a few other ideas, and he said, "Just come back to a NZ with me. Um, we've got a reunion for a, a 1977 team and." Um, I said, all right, I'll come along. I'll bring two cameras. And I'm certainly not a camera person, so none of that footage is going to make the doco. Um, but I got to see, you know, people that I, I saw when I was a child, you know, Olsen, Philip Heiner, mm. um, um, you know, so many amazing players that um, from, from Otahuhu and um, from around Auckland and New Zealand that um, made, um, made special things in the rugby league world. And I thought, I'd like to do a rugby league doco now. Um, I don't. I wasn't too sure what I'd want to do it on, but after mulling over it for many months, I said, "Dad, um, you're kind of like my idol." Mm. You know, and let's, let's be honest. You know, the other person I've always looked up to, you were Superman f- uh, for me. Yeah. Um, you were uh, Conan the Barbarian, uh, and uh, I would li- really like to to do something on you, your life, um, and rugby league in that era where I don't. Know, I don't think rugby league got the the kudos mm. that um, that maybe other sports did, and I really wanted to do my part um, for for the sport and and for culture and life at that time because it's given me so much. Mate, what was it like? Thank you for sharing that. What was it like growing up with Mark Graham as your dad? And and are we going to see some of these memories, little stories on on this little doco that you're creating? Uh, Yeah, it's... um how was it like with dad growing up? It's, um, it was larger than life. Mm. Um, I will say that when I was, uh, when I was in primary school, I had year sixes wanting to be my friends yeah. that I didn't know about. Um, it was, it was unique. And everywhere I went, um, uh, that there were people that knew my father. Now my father is very tall anyway, so he stands out and he's quite a large man. He still is in his, um, mid to late sixties, still very fit, etc. So dad was always a presence. Um, but um, yeah, uh, it was it was special. Um, it was something that uh, I would never, you know, never want to give up. Yeah. And I'm very lucky to be able to uh, be presenting this world uh, to to the public. Oh, beautiful! Hey, Luke, the people you've spoken to, I'm, I'm guessing the the Lowys, the Humagans, um, the the legends out of that Otahu club, first and foremost, it took Mark to. To Brisbane with Lowy, I think it was first and foremost, and he, he tripped from there through to North Sydney. Played all that time, and then the Kiwis. Have you got old footage that will be in this um, doco as well? That that sort of takes us through his footballing career. Um, and what what other footage can we expect to see off the field? That's probably uh, stuff that people don't know about, Mark. 
Yeah, we'll be, we'll be incorporating. So it's a it's a feature length documentary for uh, for cinema. So it's you know we've got to wrap it around the ninety minutes. Um, but you know what I'm really highlighting is key moments. Um, it's not just about my father. It is about rugby league and mm. um, and society in that time. And you know it's and it's we'll be looking back as a reflection of what where society is now to where it was then, um, for both the you know the feminine and masculine point of view. Um, so it looks at greater themes as well, but um, we've got some really exciting um, games. I will say that back in the days, um, rugby league broadcasters didn't like to use more than two, two or three cameras to uh, tell a story. <laughs> uh, it's as a filmmaker, it is a little bit difficult to um, to make that exciting. So we will be doing, we'll be using archival. We'll, we have some actually. We've been lucky enough to get some uh, personal archival from uh, journalists, uh, from rugby league players. Uh, home videos, as well as our family stuff as well. So we've got some great stuff, but we'll be also incorporating recreations. And I was just saying before to Izzy that we'll be um, recreating some of the scenes from some of those key games, such as, you know, the 1985 Australia versus uh, New Zealand series, which really kind of put... What a game. Yeah, which really put rugby league on the mat. Um, it, it had everything, um, culturally, culturally, socially, um, Violently, um, so um, all these things, and and, you know, and even um, other series. So, like we do, we we show the 1988 World Cup final, um, which, if you know rugby league, it, it didn't end up the best for the uh, the Kiwis, but all part of the journey. You know, the, you know, rugby league is, is mm. such is such an an emotional, yet personal and family experience for a lot of people. And having these chats with you know Hugh McGarn, um, Graham Lowe, um, journalists of of our time, and all these great players like Dana O'Hara. Um, we're even chatting to well, even today we're chatting to Buck Shelford mm. um, um, about the you know the union experience, etc. So we're really rounding it out, and we've got a lot of Australians that are that are part of this Australian rugby league players. You know, Buck, uh, uh, Blocker Roach. We've got the great Wally Lewis yeah. chatting. So we've got it's you know both sides of the of the ditch uh, are talking about this and about the game and what it's given to them. So one of the the things you've aligned just your the doco with is mental health. So yes. you're you, you're with Movember, and uh, you're doing some great work there. So is that are we going to see a big part of of the other side of league that maybe hasn't been showcased for? Will we see the your dad probably showing a, a few emotions or a few mixed feelings and telling a few stories? Is that going to be a part of the show? Well, I, I'll be honest. I think um, you're going to see a few more than dad. Mm. Um, and it's um, I know the world sees. Uh, uh, all, all you ex rugby league players or rugby league players is is gladiators that yeah. you know that are, don't break, um, and we all know that that's not the case. We know that everyone everyone feels everyone everyone deals with stuff. It doesn't matter how good life looks to other people. So um, we we've got we've been lucky enough um, to for some of the, most of the people we're talking to is to have a real honest conversation. Um, we will be dealing with um, some family things that have happened to our family. I know we. We we've been a bit unlucky, like like others, and we had I lost my brother, um, and um, we my father and I will be talking about that, and you know it's the big thing about mental health and depression, etc. As I said, it touches everyone, and if we have the ability through these mediums, radio, print, mm. TV, cinema, to be able to reach people and assist. That's part of our goal with this documentary. Obviously, we want to do something which, which you know, justifies the time and, and gives everyone an entertaining experience. But if we can really help people throughout this journey as well, and uh, our partner in New Zealand, oh, sorry, in Australia, my apologies, Movember, um, we're still talking to a few mental health partners in New Zealand. Yep. Um, 
um, for that for that part of it. But we'll be doing a screening of the film in regional and remote areas in Australia. Hopefully, the same in New Zealand. And then we'll be having an honest chat about mental health with some of the rugby league's greats and mental health clinicians. Mm. So hopefully we yeah, can to- powerful. Yeah, hopefully we can not only entertain, but we can inspire and make a difference afterwards. Beautiful. Yeah, so. total what you're saying there, Luke. That's um, a very big part of uh, of everybody's life, and and it doesn't, like you said, doesn't matter just every everyday life. But footballers are no different. I don't know if you've spoken to anybody about um, the journey of Mark Graham to a young kid from you know down the line who used to watch that bloke play. Um, and just look at him as t- you know Tarzan, you know like Tarzan when you used to watch them old old black and whites <laughs> and the way that he was built like Adonis and and then get to watch and and one day go man I'd like to be that bloke and then walk up a tunnel I walked up a tunnel and the next one I'm looking next to him at North Sydney Stadium and going that's my idol um, and I just <laughs> want to say that like I look forward to the way that you tell your story about your dad because um, he's such an iconic figure. In New Zealand, and and on saying that, when you're talking to the Australians, especially, do they have the same um, conversation around the impact he had in rugby league when he played at North Sydney um, against all those Australians? Because he started in Brisbane up against the Wynnum Manleys, the Wally Lewis, the Gene Miles, and so forth, and then went to North Sydney and played in the in the uh, old ARL competition. Did he have that same impact that that I just talked about? Um, from from the players that I've talked to, and I, you know, we're always going to have a skewed perspective when we're talking to people and looking at the past. But I think you'll find that most people, you know, most people, and that was uh, it's probably one of the keys is that you look at from play, players that people that get to a certain level, um, they don't get there by luck, mm. you know, they don't get there by being bad people. Um, and you'll see that from that era, the the seventy, we'll say the eighties, where it was a part time job. You had a real, you had a job, you had a family. It was, it was, it was part of your life. It wasn't your life, so there was some kind of structure. And a lot of these guys, as you know, the games changed a lot for probably the better of the health of the players. Um, uh, but back then, it was okay to take someone out. It was part of your job, mm. and and uh, you'll see the you'll see Blocker Roach <laughs> talk about it. You'll talk about it as he talks about taking out my father in the 1985 series against Australia, and. Um, and Dad was da- down um, and gone with uh, Noel Cleal. And he talks about, like, I was told to do it. That's what you do. You just This was the game back then. But guess what? After that, I picked him up at the end of the game, shook his hand and said, great game. And we went on and we were mates after that. And that's what the game was. You put, your, you put everything on the line for yourself, for your club, for your country. And you shook hands with your opponent at the end. And that's the best thing about rugby league. And I, I know that... I don't go to any of these, but, you know, Dad will go to these. Um, he will always tell me, tell me about because he's taking his golf clubs. It's a golf clubs everywhere experience. <laughs> for certainly every, everyone loves golf club. Everyone loves golf in, uh, in rugby league. Um, I but, love uh, golf. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he'll talk about it, and he talks about it with pride. And, you know, if, you're, if you're, you're, your child watching this and, you know, watching this, you go, wow, the, you guys, you know, smashed each other apart, but then you picked each other up at the end and said, good game. And I, I think there's something so... Um, emotional and and powerful about that that it's probably lacking in the current world um you talk yeah and we, we kind of deal with a lot of those characteristics of people back then you know your word was your bond you stuck by it no matter how bad it was um so yeah beautiful 
Hey, just about on yourself, Luke. I'm curious. Like, did you ever play footy growing up? And when did when did when did <clears throat> filmmaking come apart? And like your own personal journey? Well, I, I did play footy growing up, and I will say that I was the worst of the brothers in my family. Um, I uh, was more worried about my hair, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> it's good here. Good beard. <laughs> it's mate. good here. Good beard. Yes, Thank you. Um, no, it's. I was. Yeah, I was. I tried my best at it, but I was. I was never at that level. Um, my brothers were very good at it. Um, Paul and Matthew and. Um, no, I, I guess, you know, I was filmmaking was always my connection. And I, and I said to Dad that I always remember watching, I always remember watching some type of, you know, like uh, uh, Predator or Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> sitting down watching something with Dad. And, and I always loved that, the attention that would, would, you, could, you could, you know, get from someone or the way you could change their perspective or the emotions uh, for that person. Um, I always, yeah, I, film was my kind of calling. Um, to be honest, I always thought film would be the hardest thing I could do. Mm. Um, I come from a rugby league family and I played sport. I played every sport under the sun all throughout school and um, before. And um, then I said, oh, I'll be a filmmaker. And everyone laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're still laughing, though. So, but Just quickly before we let you, you go, just on your dad. Like, oh, he played before my time. I was born in 88. And uh, but every league pundit you talk to, every league fan or everyone that knows the game through and through, Mark Graham's the first name that comes up. He's a, he a legend of the game. So what for you growing up, what, what was some of the things that Dad did behind the scenes to get to where he is? Did you see him just putting in the work? Because you said he had a job, family. So what were some of the things that he would do week in, week out to make? Because, you know, Kempe said to me, look like Wolverine. If you know what Wolverine looks like, chiselled as they come. So he's obviously a hard worker. Well, I will say this now. My dad still has a – he's got a massive gym at his house, you'll see. Um, and uh, dad, I always thought I always thought Rocky was dad. Yeah. I always thought – because he, he never wanted the praise. He always wanted to take the hardest possible way of getting somewhere. Um, I'm not talking about his driving skills, obviously, but <laughs> he, uh, he, he was always uh, – he was always working the hardest. And my, I have to say my dad was – um, it was it was fantastically structured, and I and I have to say that I probably that was before my time. That was his family. That was his footy. That was the people around him in Odahuhu. That was um, well, uh, that was Lowy. Yeah. That was all those people that kind of helped him. Possibly school that you might find out through the documentary. Um, I was just there when the man was already the man. Mm, yeah, no, you did right, Luke, and. Oh mate, I'm so excited about what you've uh, what you've what you've done and, and put Sharko mm. out there, the, the icon, you know, the player of the century um, recently, and for everyone to get to see this in a in a in a feature length film, uh, you know, I just tip my hat to you, mate. So thanks a lot for coming in today into SCNZ and sharing that story with us. I, I look forward to seeing it and it's full and, 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 and it's all its glory and celebrating with all the league players in No Sharko. So say hi to your dad um, from me and on behalf of all the all the uh, rugby league community out there, well done, mate. We just want to tip our hat to it. Yes. And when and where? When and where? Uh, well, we're, <laughs> we're, um, this will be out uh, mid-next year. Okay. Uh, so you'll be able to go to the cinema and... Big job. Uh, yeah, and support it mid-next year. So thank you very much. There you go. Support oh. it. I'll be there. Sharko. All right, Kimpy. All right, Izzy. Let's get through some of these very passionate text messages this morning. Uh, here we go, boys. Gee, I wish people would stop, would get off Sam Kane's back. He was never going to be another Richard McCaw, so he misses the odd tackle, but so did 
McCaw, open side is probably the hardest position to play, if not the number one ball hunter in the pack and have to be there to clean up team members' mistakes as well. Remember, he isn't the one who makes the game plan. Now from a Cantab, stop whinging about our AB captain and support him from Mark. Look, uh, yeah. Look, there's, everyone, like I said, everyone's got their own opinion, but for me, look, as an open side... And what I'm seeing, I've been in his situation when people were starting to question my form mm. and, you know, how I'm playing. And then you're getting messages from everyone, mixed directions. You know, you think to two years ago, Sam Kane wasn't playing that, like, wasn't, he was a great player. He was doing everything that was asked him. But at the moment, he's probably missing a couple of tackles. He's probably not getting as many jackals as we're after. And to me, that just says he's second-guessing himself. I've been in that situation when you get so many mixed messages, you've got people talking about you day in, day out, so you start second-guessing yourself, you start questioning how good you are, your ability, and you start missing opportunities. You get narrow-minded, and your focus is currently solely on the comments that are coming out from the public. Kempi, here's one for you, because this person signed off horse. Sorry, but I don't know Mark Robinson, and but I know sorry, sorry, but I know Mark Robinson, and he has made me bloody angry. The All Blacks legacy has been built on pride, culture, and confidence, and what he is doing is creating a work environment that is so cloudy that the lads are actually doing amazing to achieve what they did with that cluster bleep going on in the background. Horse, does that make it more impressive the performance, Kempi, with the landscape? Hundred percent. I think I know. I think I know horse, and uh, if it is horse, um, good to hear from your brother uh, that I know, but. I just want to touch a little bit on that, you know, like all of that white noise that's going on in the background, you know, that Sam Kane's dealing with and all that, then he's got to deal with the team stuff on the football field as well. And isn't confidence a wonderful thing when you're a player? Mm-hmm. You know, if you get everyone going in the same direction, pulling in the same direction, and you turn out that that um, performance on Sunday, it basically takes care of everything. It takes care of your form. You go start to go well yourself. You get confidence from your teammates. Everyone there's happy. You know, they take, like you take um, all the white noise away from the background. They haven't fixed that problem. Mm. I'm, I'm not saying that they've fixed it, but what they've done is they've, they've they've toned it down so they can actually go into this game against Argentina with a bit of confidence. And confidence is a wonderful thing because if they get on a roll. And they start to go, well, actually, we know we can play and we're going to do what Jason Ryan's telling us to do consistently. Um, Mate, we might see them win the championship. Mm. And then it's a different conversation. Yeah. And and Kempi, like, uh, on that current situation with San Kane, like, when I was in that situation, I didn't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to get away from it. The only reason I actually got away from it and came back and played my best year ever in the All Blacks jersey was I got injured and I stepped away from the game. Nearly gave it up, about to quit and do everything, but went away and had time away and came back. Um, I don't know how Sam Kane's going to have to show away, but it is part of being an All Black. You're always going to have people questioning. You're the captain. So, um, yeah, I don't know the answer, but the answers are there. And if he can get his confidence back and get what he's saying... um, yeah. Oh, look, I don't think it's an answer, is he? I think it's the difference of mm. the 2% that are at that elite level, is that they're resilient, yeah. they work through things and methodically in their head, and they trust their talent, yeah. you know what I mean? And they go, right, my talent's going to get me there, I just, I'm just i in this dark space at the moment, and, I, and, and a confidence in winning really brings that on. Mm. It's when you're losing, 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 and then 
that's when that's when things really go real bad. Look, the other element, the last thing I'll say on Sam K is the other element to this which clouds it a bit is his body is not the same. He is physically not the same player. He yeah. has had so many injuries. So when you're saying back the talent and know you can do it, well, his game is actually capped now. He'll never reach the heights he was as an out-and-out player, but what he can do is be the best leader on the field. And is he, But think, how, impressive, how impressive is that in itself? Mm. You know, no one ever thought he'd come back from that neck injury. You know, and here he is, he's captain of the All Blacks. Yeah. Like, the, the kid has some resilience. You know, he's copping it, and he's been copping it for years, both physically and mentally. I just, I don't know, I just saw that photo, and he's like, just what it meant the to relief. get that win, that relief. Yeah, tears flying. And, 100%. Yeah. You know, he, he wakes up, he's got a young family, and, and he just wants to do what's best, do his best every single time, but sometimes it's not good enough, and the personal attacks are the ones that really irritate me. You can understand questioning form, and yeah. maybe he's not playing as well as he should. He's probably maybe he's not the best seven in the country, but he is our leader, and he is our leader at the moment. So, just back him. Lorenzo says, "Can't wait, Izzy and Kimby, to watch the Joshua vs Usic rematch this oh, weekend." Yeah, neither oh, can I, boys. Yeah, here already. This has come oh, around really? so fast. The winner, well. Are we going to get a Tyson Fury Usage mega fight, or are we going to get a Joshua Fury mega fight? Depending, we'll preview that. Let's try catch up with Joe Parker at some stage this week or in the next wee while because he's a busy boy at the moment in training camp with Andy Lee as well. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call thirteen twenty one ninety one.